After the message today, I'm going to have Bruce come up, and he wanted to join last week. The gentleman that was there, Bruce Johnson, wants to be a part of this ministry. So we were going to welcome and hug him in today, Bruce Johnson. <laughs> wanted to do it last week. He said maybe was just a little bit too busy, but he called me today, and have been, we had been talking, and he mentioned that he wanted to become a part. Damien, it's good to see you back there with your mom. It's been a long time, woman. <laughs> Damien accepted the Lord, what, it's been over a month, a couple months ago, on the same day that Kim did. And um, I know Damien has some sports on, he, he uh, plays, not plays, but he actually coaches sports, and he's been going hunting recently, I guess, bear, boar, deer, okay, all right, not, not bear, okay. If, if, you, if you go after a boar, you know, it might ch- chase you up a tree. You may have to stay there all night long. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're going to today pick up from where we left off last week. Evan, it's good to see you today. <laughs> I was down at CVS this morning, and a person I hadn't seen in a while, in a while her child used to come to Friday Night Live, and he said, how you doing? Gave me a hug, and I got to get back home and watch the game today, Mike. 49 is coming on at 10 o'clock. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Record, DVR, DV something. <laughs> I tell you. Brother Keith, it's good to see you. Sister Jeanette, has been a while. It's good to see you back there. God bless you. We've been praying for Brother Keith, your, your dad and your mom. Keeping him on the prayer list, but Charlie asked for prayer for his grandparents, so we've been praying this week. Does, any, do any, does anyone remember what the title of the message was last week? Yes. Prayer is power. That wasn't the title. The, the, an anointing that cannot be stopped. That was the title. Does, do you remember the points that I gave? There were three points, and we got through one and a half. Performed by the miracles performed by the apostles. Uh-huh. Number two, the malevolence of the, of the Sanhedrin. That malevolence was spelled M-A-L-E-V-O-L-E-N-C-E. That's point number two. And then number three is what? The magnification of Christ. And because we got through one and a half, I said I was going to pick back up. So in your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 5. Some of you know a couple of weeks ago, Kenny Ray, white, accepted the Lord. Back in the office, came up, for, met, us, met me at 1 o'clock and accepted the Lord. Then, last Saturday, I don't see him, he's been here every week, been here, came on last Wednesday. Phil, young man, on Saturday, called him up. Lord, place in my heart. I remember him sitting over there, raising his hand, and he accepted the Lord last Saturday. Amen. The Lord is saving. That's what it is all about, souls being saved. Within the next week or two, when Sister Michelle is up to it, I'm going to ask her to take about 10 minutes to talk about her mom coming to the Lord. So in the next couple of weeks, about 10 minutes before I preach, I'm going to ask you just to briefly speak on that, if you would. So, but... If that is, if you need more time, 
please let me know. But I would, like, I would love for you to do that. Acts chapter 5. Would you stand, please? Last time I read verses 12 through 42, I'm going to pick up today at verse 33 through 42. You bow your head with me, please. We are grateful today, Lord, to be able to bring the Word of God and to be able to be in this place. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for the Word. Open our lives and hearts that not only will we hear, but that we will respond and do what the Lord is saying. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's not because it's not available, but people are not always making themselves available to the knowledge of God. And Lord, we don't want to be a people that's not hearing and exposing ourselves to what the Lord is saying. So we pray that you will give us ears, heart, and that you will give us feet to walk in the ways of God. We give you glory in Jesus' name. I want you to remain standing as I read verses 33 through 52, Acts 5, 33, and I will be reading from the NIV. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thetis appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed. And it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed. And all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is, but if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Before you sit, say with me, an anointing that cannot be stopped. An anointing that cannot be stopped. You may be seated. Today the Lord put on my heart. For those that were late and missed, I anointed everyone that was in the house today. I was here praying earlier, and the Lord placed in my heart to anoint everybody before the service or at the beginning of the service. It is the anointing we've heard before that makes the difference. There are some people that may have a lot of talent, but it is the anointing of God that allows what a person has in a, in a talent and allows it to become a gift that's used for the glory of God. Last week, I'm going to, we were talking about the miracles performed by the, by the apostles. I'm going to pick up again with number two, since our time was well spent and I had a short time. By the time I looked at my clock, it was 12.30 when I got up here. <laughs> so we had a short time and then had to go to Stockton. The malevolence of the Sanhedrin. So I'm going to go back and recap 
a few points here. There is no neutral demon I mentioned last week. <laughs> every demon is against the Lord. And every angel of God is against the work of Satan. Thank you, Sister Gloria, for this water that has not been opened. Thank you. <laughs> so for every Christian to try to hang out in neutral territory, I said, is impossible. It was because of jealousy that the religious leaders hated the apostles and, first of all, Jesus. It was out of jealousy. And I mentioned that they were the big shots in town. And when they saw the crowds coming from around the different areas, coming outside of, outside of Jerusalem from the surrounding villages, they got jealous when they saw them coming. You don't hear the, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, that group of teachers that made up the Sanhedrin, you don't see them focusing so much on the miracles, but you see them focusing on the crowds that's not coming to them. While Gamaliel's words sounded wise, and some of them were, I'm going to challenge you to take another look at what he said. It looks very wise, but there are some problems with what Gamaliel said. Now, we also mentioned last week that in the midst of the, the, the malevolence, the, the evilness of the Sanhedrin, we said that miracles were still taking place. We mentioned that the first time that Peter and John went to prison, they weren't released. They stayed there until the next day. But in the present case, the Bible says that an angel of the Lord went and opened the prison doors. And gave these disciples, these apostles, a command. He said to them, go back to the temple and tell everybody about this new life. If you've been giving, given a new life, what are you still doing living in the old? If the old life is saturating you, what are you doing? You've been given new life in Christ. And some of us are spending so much time... Try to avoid evil, but living right in the midst of it. God has saved you, given you life. The can't help it should not be a part of our agenda. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, there was a transformation that took place. We found in the book of Acts 3 that there was also, I believe it was 3, where the men laid at the gate called Beautiful. Was that chapter 3? That the beggar, the, the man was laid there, and, and, and Peter and John going up to the temple, and he was laid at the gate called Beautiful, and was healed. We now see the preaching of the word taking place. That's the only thing that saves. The miracles are an indication of what God is doing. It helps to, it brings, it brings attention to what God is doing, but it's the word that saves. Because if miracles themselves were enough to save, every religious leader should have been saved. But they weren't. The angel said, go back to the temple and preach the word of God. And the Bible does not say 
any more about just how he did it. All we know is that the guards were still standing guard when the word said to go get the men. Now, let's move on. God made the universe and has a world not visible to the human eye. But he has no problem letting the apostles out of jail undetected. If you're going to live for the Lord, you're going to have snares from the enemy. If you keep saying, I wish the devil would just leave me alone, he ain't. He's not. How do you expect to grow if the enemy and the devil just leaves you alone? And so we oftentimes say, oh, the devil's just messing with me. If that was the case for the apostles, if they were, get, if they were to get so discouraged because they were always being persecuted, then they would have stopped what they were doing. But the Bible says they went and preached the word of God. We're going to look at something a little bit later on towards the end, if I don't forget. <laughs> point I want to make. I just don't want to say it right now. That could be trouble though. <laughs> if you're going to live for the Lord, then it is going to require the Lord to intervene when the enemy increases his pressure to stop you in your tracks. Gamaliel, a Pharisee and teacher of the law, was highly respected and honored among the people, the Bible here says. John G. Butler said that the advice that he gave was not good. Parts of it may have been, but the advice was not the best advice. If what the apostles and the disciples are doing represents Christ, why is Gamaliel using criminals as an example of comparison with the disciples, with the apostles. Well, I understand what he's trying to do when he mentioned Thetis and the other individual, but he used individuals that were not doing right. He used criminals to say that what they came to and what they did came to nothing. Righteousness and holiness should be separate from that which is evil. There is no comparison between that which is godly and that which is ungodly. To try to bring a comparison between the two just does not work. Gamaliel, he was honored, the Bible says, by the people. But you don't see that God was honoring Gamaliel. He was wise in his counsel, but how is it that his disciple... His most devoted one, Paul, was so against Christ and was trying to kill the church. Now what Gamaliel said, that if it's from God, you won't be able to stop it if it's from God. That's true. That was good. But even with Gamaliel, they did not listen. Look carefully. They decided, it says, to let them go. He says, don't do anything to them. What did they do? They brought him in and beat him. He said, don't do anything to these men. Let them go. They didn't listen to him. They didn't listen to him. You cross the world, they won't listen to you either. We hang now with the world. Look where the world's taking me. Get out the act of food. They'll cut you loose. And there you go. 
But when you mess up and the Lord got you, he'll just say, come on back. Not the world. They'll talk about you and say, look at them now. Now, we talked about last week some pet sins. Yeah, we got some pet sins. Yeah. Yeah, we carry them. That's right, we carry them. We hold on to them. Or they hold on to us. <laughs> I tell y'all some things about myself. You know, when I was growing up, and I told you about the person that was going slow in the car and got me all upset and mad because they wouldn't speed up. <clears throat> I told you I was in karate, wanted to use some of it that day, but uh, <laughs> then got convicted and got back in the car. Well, we didn't do fight, but the person got out and said, okay, took my shoes off. All right. I was already planning what I was going to do. <laughs> but the Lord has a way of bringing conviction when you ain't in the right. Sometimes he'll wait till you get in the, till you get in the bed. And the Lord, and then you go trying to turn and turn this way. You still should put the cover over your head if you want to. Holy Spirit said, you still can't get away. <laughs> Oh, Lord, God. And so he helps us when we got problems. But the world turns a deaf ear to the Word of God. The church shouldn't turn a deaf ear to the Word of God. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Gamaliel was listening to the wrong individuals when he was teaching. He was a powerful teacher, beautiful words. He was very wise, but... There were some things that were not in order. What is he doing a member of the Pharisee group where he's not trying to bring them to the Lord? How did he miss Christ? He, 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 he does a good thing in saying, if this is from God, you're not going to be able to stop it. People that are fighting you, if you're doing the Lord's work and will, can't stop you. Stop trying to fight your own battles. Some of you have been having fights from, from, from childhood friends all the way up. There's, some, there's just some, just your friend said the wrong thing to you. Now you're not talking for years. Gamaliel should have been one of those individuals saying, you know what, Paul? Gotta, you gotta, you gotta, we got to change this up. But Gamaliel said, Thetis, let me just read it here. He starts off and says, verse 36, Some time ago, Thetis appeared, claiming to be somebody. A 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All of his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean, appeared in the days of the census, and he led a band of people in revolt. He, too, was killed, and all his followers. Therefore, in the present case, I advise, leave these men alone. If a person is fighting against you, let the Lord fight your battle. When the apostles were preaching the word of God, when the apostles were doing what the Holy Spirit told them to do and had the anointing of God in their lives, they were not guaranteed a struggle-free life. They were not guaranteed that they would not run into problems. 
They were put in jail. They have been persecuted. They have been pursued. But they had not been persecuted to the point to where they are going to be because they're even going to be killed later on. But, but, but there is a persecution that is taking place because they are being obedient to the word of God. There are some people in the church that somehow feel that if I'm doing what God tells me to do, I'm not going to have any problems. That is not true. Some of you have been saying, I've been doing this, I've been doing this. Why is this happening to me? God wants you to be able to trust him with everything. I was mentioning, even David, even the rejoicing of David, when they were bringing back the ark, was rejoicing greatly before the Lord. Oh, he was just rejoicing. And it ended in death and killed the celebration because someone reached out and touched the ark. Why? Because there was an order in, how the, in the way that the ark was supposed to come back. Just because you are rejoicing does not mean that God is not going to allow you to go through trouble. Right in the midst of the trouble. Why? Because there was a precedent. There was an order that had been set before of how it was to be. You can have rejoicing. That's wonderful. But don't think that your rejoicing is not going to also be followed by times of trouble. And some of us have wrongly concluded that when I'm going through trouble, when I'm going through something, it's because I've done something wrong. Not always. Sometimes. But not always. In the case of the apostles, it was not because they did anything wrong. And Gamaliel's comparing that what God is doing. Now tell me this. What had the disciples done that was wrong? The sick is being healed. The lame is walking. The blind is seen. God is doing a great work. And the religious leaders got jealous. They didn't listen to one of their own. The malevolence of the Sanhedrin, which is the evilness of the Sanhedrin, was throughout the life of Jesus. You're gonna, you would even see in, in, in chapter 7, when it comes to even Stephen, they don't want to hear the word of God. Do you not know the, word of, the people in the world don't want to hear the word of God? Did you just hear recently that the military, was it the, the, um, was it the Navy or the, not the Navy, What's the name of the Marines? Marine Corps? At the end of their statement, uh, the end of their, with, with the one of the things that they say, so help me God, when they take their oath to say, so help me God, they're now taking it out or making it optional. Just this week. Last night, in fact, I even heard it again. Something that has been there for, throughout their history. Take out. So help me God. Governor Brown says if a person has sexual identity crisis, don't know what bathroom to use. Today I feel like a woman. Always been wanting to get into the girls' locker room. I feel like a woman going to the girls' locker room today. I feel like a man, a guy. I'm going into the boys' restroom today. There is no law that says that a person who has sexual identity issues can go into either locker room as of January 1st. How many of you knew that? Some of y'all knew that, didn't you? 
How many of you did know it? Mmm. There's stuff being slipped right under the nose of God's people. We've been fed lies by the enemy. We've been told things that's not true. But because of popularity, because of wanting to be liked, we gobble it down and make excuses why we accept it. God told Samuel, give them a king. It's me they rejected. But you tell them, this is what their king is going to do. He's going to take your sons and put them in his army. He's going to take the best of your fields and take the fruit. He's going to take your daughters and bring them into his harem. He's going to take your tax money and tax you to death. After it was all said, they said, give us a king. We want to be like other nations. God says, Samuel, give them the king. Oh, God, help us. We got a king that's killing us. God, I, ain't, I ain't listening to him. So we vote people into office who has a heart of not even close to God. And down the road, we start saying, oh, Lord, what have I done? If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal the land. I will heal the land. I'll forgive the sin. The reason that we've got Teenagers killing teachers. People going into various military facilities and shooting up the place and calling it workplace violence rather than what it actually is, terrorism. We live in a world that don't want to call sin, sin. The disciples would have nothing to do with it. The angel says, go and preach. The word of God. The Sanhedrin only wanted to hear what they wanted to hear. They wanted the crowds to come and bow down at them, at their feet. The disciples said, we want to preach the word of God, whether they want to hear it or not. So today, we've got a world. So what do we expect? The world doesn't love God, so the world is going a completely different direction. And God says, Go right ahead. Go right ahead. But if my people, those that are my people, so so what? How are you distinguishing yourself from the world today? Or so we are so engulfed and enwrapped by the world that the people that look at us can't tell is that a Christian? Is that a person Christian or not? I can't tell. I don't know if that person is a Christian or not. That was not a question or even an issue with the disciples, the apostles. The Sanhedrin is after them. Put those men in jail. They're doing good things. They're praising God. They're healing the lame. The lame and people are coming being healed, being saved. We can't have that. Take God out of it. People said, give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was the person that they chose when Jesus was offered as, who should I release? Give us. Give us Barabbas. Give us the insurrectionist. Give us the murderer. But don't give us holiness. Don't give us righteousness. 
don't give us the Son of God. Point number three. I'll soon be out of here. The magnification of Christ. I'm in all, all kinds of places they ain't in my notes. I'm all over the place. I know it. <laughs> it's still tying into my word right here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I was here praying for his help today. <laughs> the magnification of Christ. Acts chapter 5, verses 41 and 42. The apostles left the Sanhedrin. They are beaten. R.C. Sproul says the only thing and the only glory of God that he'll share with you is his suffering. On this earth, the only thing he's going to share with you of his glory is his suffering. When you get to heaven, hey, he'll shower on you his glory then. He's not going to share his glory with another. He'll share his suffering. You remember when the two disciples said, Lord, would you allow me to sit on the left and on the right? And he says, that's not mine to give. I'm on earth. Right now, my, my role is not that. That's left to the Father. He said, okay, uh, can, you, can you drink of the cup I'm going to drink? Oh, yeah, Lord, we can drink of the cup. We can, yeah, we can go through the suffering. He said, okay, that's what you're going to get. You'll have that. They didn't know what they were asking. But the Lord made it so clear that you would drink of the cup. But, oh, the glory that awaits those. They got beat for doing that which was right. When they had run at the time of Jesus' death, none of them hanging around except John at Golgotha's Hill. He was the only disciple there. All of them took off. Peter denied them three times. But right now, they are rejoicing for being beaten for serving Christ. They counted the worthy. Oh, we just got beat. Our flesh is coming off. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible says something. The, they just magnify Christ. And they daily went right back to the temple. Look at it. Look at it. I'm not making this up. Yeah, I don't believe you. don't believe me. I'm going to read it. Day after day, verse 42, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. <laughs> Do you not know that the life as a Christian that we live is one of suffering? The very thing that the world tries to offer the accolades. All of the, the stuff that makes people look at you. The Bible says it's perishing. God has taken the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Those things that are weak and are despised, God is using to bring honor and glory to us. He takes 12 apostles and he takes 12 men. And changes the world. Turn the world upside down. Lives are being changed. Hearts are being turned to the Lord. Don't tell me that God can't use a fisherman. <laughs> Don't tell me that God can't use a converted pimp. Don't tell me that God can't use a drug addict. 
Don't tell me that God can't use a person that's been in prison. God has taken the things that people consider foolish to bring people into the kingdom of God. The magnification of Christ is because of the suffering that they've gone through. We, we need to learn how to worship God in the, in the midst of the trials rather than waiting until all of the good things happen. Oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, look at what's happening to me. I can't worship God now. Got to wait till my change come. <laughs> your change comes through your worshiping of God in your troubles. Not in the wonderful things that are taking place. Hallelujah. <laughs> what the Sanhedrin tried to stop spread all the more. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell myself another time here. Y'all going to know all my stuff. Not all. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I don't know why I like fire. Some of y'all like striking matches. I like, I like, I like even making concoctions of stuff. I told y'all this before. I can't, I see some of y'all. <laughs> well, you didn't, since you, I'm going to tell you, just you did. Nobody, y'all just listen. I'm telling her. I'm telling Wilma today. Y'all can just listen in. It was a Sunday afternoon. We'd have dinner in the afternoon at the house, and I went outside. Little boy, by myself, out there playing. I don't know where I got the matches from. Strike the match, threw it down. That's fun. Strike a match. Stomp it out. Oh, that fire spread all kind of directions. The more I stomped, the more it spread. <laughs> I ran. Just like a little kid. Hey, there's a fire outside across the street. My mom had a, a, a blue, a one of those blue Buicks. You remember those Buicks that had three seats? Two and those two seat in the very, oh, I love them little cars in the back. You can sit back there and then you can even look at people going by, you waving at people. She ran down, jumped in the car, and oh, fire came up the hill. Could have got to it. She moved out the way. And the, the fire department came up. I saw the person who did that. They started and they ran down the hill. I hear the matches. They dropped them. Here they are. They put the fire out. Everybody left. I'm just, whew. Oh, I got away. Woo! I go up to the back of the house where we had a little shed and flan, and I hear, ooh, Marky. <laughs> ooh. I looked up, and there's a person named... Jesse Thomas, looking over the balcony, he was watching me the whole time. <laughs> Everybody going. I just heard, ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh, please don't tell. Anybody. 
<laughs> he told Ronnie, but I even though I got older, I told my dad, I told him later, but not then. Mm. <laughs> it was a long time before I told him. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, the heat was gone both places. It would have been on me. <laughs> but in that situation, <laughs> I learned how to set fires better. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> No, no. You learn. It was something that I did. It was like, oh. But you know, there's devilment bound up in us. There is all kind of stuff. We will do all kind of things if we are left to our own devices. We're capable of just doing everything. But somebody is looking. When we think we just gotten away, somebody... Is looking. The apostles refused to obey the Sanhedrin. They refused to listen to what they had to say because they had a command from the Lord that told them, you go back and tell the people this good news. They magnified Christ. For being counted worthy to suffer for him. They rejoiced because they were counted worthy to be able to suffer. And I imagine that their minds went back to the cross when Christ died. They thought, oh, what he did for me. We should be so pained when we just refuse to honor God. There is, mm, the world should not be the place that we're going to for our answers. This world is on a fast collision course. And the church has to be that much brighter every day, doing what honors the Lord. Anytime the world tries to tell you to do something that God commands you to do, that's when you are to disobey the world. We are to obey the laws of the land, but when their laws conflict with the laws of God, you let your government officials that I said that you can disobey them. And they can come and talk to me. (laughs) I'll tell them myself. We can't be the same. When we look at the changes that are taking place in this world and how we have to be so firm, everything is out the closet right now, and the Christians are running into the closet. It can't be that way. We've got to stand and do what God says to do. And right now, you've got to realize this. You will be persecuted verbally. (laughs) But you've got to stand. I admire these apostles. I admire them. That in the midst of it, and that's what I was going to tell you earlier, in the midst of their going, the angel told him, you go preach, but he didn't keep them from being beat. Go preach the word. He didn't say, and I'll keep you from being beat. They got beat from obedience to the Lord, but they did it anyway. The Bible says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart. There are going to be parents responsible for not training their children and presenting them and exposing them to the word of God. Then it comes a time when that child then has to be able to make their decision. But here's here's a, a real problem. And what I'm seeing, if they haven't been given the word of God in growing up and exposed, We'll see chaos happening in the streets. 
And today I can say we are seeing that. Parents have a great responsibility because we have a generation that's going down the tubes so quickly, yet they're still responsible for hearing the Word of God. The Word of God is here, but people are making decisions. And what we do affects other people. I'm going to say this and as we pray. When the children of Israel were going through the desert, and I was mentioning this on Tuesday and even Wednesday night, what led to the 40 years? I'm just ask a quick question without those who are here Tuesday or Wednesday. What led to them having 40 years that they had to go through? What was the situation that led to them actually having the 40 years applied? Yes. Which was what, though? Specifically, yes, true. What, did they, what didn't they do? There's something that from the 40 years, how do we get the 40 years of them wandering in the desert? Disobedience? Uh, yep, that's, that's true. But there's something specific that happened. Huh? They got older? Yep, that's true. Yes. Unbelief. You were here Wednesday. Huh? First commandment. That's part of it. The reason they got the 40 years is when the spies went to go spy out the land of Canaan, Joshua and Caleb and others, and they spied up that land for 40 days. When they came back with some of the fruit, they said, man, this is indeed a rich land. God has blessed this land. But they said, but there's giants in that land. We can't go. And they brought a bad report to the people who says, we can't take that lamb. And Joshua and Caleb said, oh, yes, we can. But the people says, no. And they prevailed. And they made God so angry because he had already given them the land. He had already opened the Red Sea. He had done all these things. And when they refused to move forward, it's for every day the spies spied at the land. I'm adding a year to you wandering in this desert. And the generation of those who said, we can't do it. Twenty years and up, you're not going into the land. It's going to be those twenty years and younger, your kids, who will go into the land. The rest of you, I'm taken out of here. God is so serious. And so when we look at the Word of God, they failed to keep the covenant. Absolutely. They disobeyed. Absolutely. But the forty years comes from the forty days of spying out that land. And even though God had shown himself mighty, they refuse to believe in him. Today we have a culture that don't believe in God, refuses to believe in God, and parents won't expose their children, and so therefore you can have a six and seven-year-old walking around saying, you can't tell me what to do, because they said, we don't want God. And the Bible says in Psalms, either 9, 17, or 69, I uh, can't remember exactly which one, the nation that forgets God, the Bible says, will be turned into hell. The nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. That's what we're seeing today. That's what we're experiencing today. Because people are saying, I don't want God. And anytime you don't want him, you automatically have evil and chaos. Bow your heads. Lord, this is an anointing that just cannot be stopped. <laughs> but we have to be in the anointing. We have to be covered by God. We have to do what the Lord says. And today, it is our prayer in this place. There will be such a change in a hunger. Satan is not slowing down for anybody. He is moving quickly because he knows his time is short. And the church seems to be lagging. Give us eyes to hear, eyes to see, and ears to hear. In Jesus' name. The Lord just brought something to my mind. Listen carefully. You can open your eyes. 
the dream that I had years ago, the Lord just brought it to my mind. There was lava coming down the hill, down the hill from 409, 419 Drake. It was covering the middle road. Hayton's store was still there. People were carrying on their business as usual, unaware that there was danger. The church is sleeping. There's lava coming. There's danger. And the church is not hearing. About to be consumed from the lava. Not because, it's not because the answer is not there. It's because people were not tuned in to God. They were doing their own thing and were swept away. Don't let that be your lot, church. Don't let it be.